Hi everyone, welcome to the Micon Podcast. This podcast is, as you all might have noticed, has a different format and style from my every weekday show, Politics Today and Sunday Politics on China's television. But this is designed to give more people, especially young Nigerians, the opportunity to speak about issues affecting them now to the day's business. There is a tsunami hitting seats of power in Africa and some of the continent's leaders are now being confronted with their worst fears. And this includes the sit tight ones. You think I'm speaking in parables? Well, let's get into it and start to dissect and look at the figures. What history is telling us? Since 2020, there have now been 10 attempted coups, mostly in West, West and Central Africa, shaking democratic systems up, should I say, civil establishment of government in the region. Gabon is the latest country to taste the disruption by the military. On the flip side, citizens of these countries have taken to the streets to chair the military for their intervention with its strength. How worried should other African leaders be? We've seen how worried they could be if you see the president of Ivory Coast, uh, Alassane Ouattara, and the kind of statement that came out of him from the last time he came to Abuja, you will see that there might be some worries within the rank and file of African leaders, especially in West African uh, uh, sub-region. Well, um, some have always argued that the Nigerian democracy is too strong and defined to be shaken by the men in khaki. Don't forget that there were military interregnum in Nigeria's democracy or the civil rule. We've seen that happen severally, 1966. Um, we've seen up until uh, 1983 again that it happened and when Nigeria returned to democratic rule in 1999. We've had unfettered democratic or civil rule in Nigeria since 1999. Well, is Nigeria exempted or insulated from this growing trend? Today on the podcast, I have the privilege of getting the perspectives of uh, someone who has served at a high level in the military. We have seen military uh, coups would perhaps have served during military government and, of course, uh, during the civil rule. And it's Colonel Hassan Stanlabo who joins us virtually. Thank you so much, Colonel Stanlabo, for joining us today. I guess it's good to see you. It's been a while, though. Uh, I guess it's a good place to start by asking you uh, what comes to mind, because I'm still going to go to... Um, the situation, perhaps, I should show those uh, those who are viewing on YouTube, on Instagram, what the map looks like now in terms of these military incursion into civilian rule in parts of uh, Africa. Yeah, this this image gives you an understanding of what it looks like from Gabon to Burkina Faso to Mali to Niger Republic to Chad. And how these have gone uh, all of these years, uh, this image on the uh, on African map gives you that understanding. You can see what it looked like from the Malian coup to the Nigerian coup, Sudanese coup, Gabonese coup, the Tunisian self coup, the Burkina Faso coup, the Guinean coup, all uh, across most part of uh, the, the, the western part of Africa 
and in in the up uh, some towards moving towards uh, the northern region of the continent but what are some of the reasons why this is happening they've given reasons uh, the military uh, and these uh, coup, uh, the coupes and they've given reasons to why they have decided to take over power electoral uh, malfeasance uh, issues relating to um, misgovernance uh, corruption these are some of the reasons why they said they've come to take over power. Let's get Connor uh, Asan Stanlabo to, to get this conversation started for us. Um, give us an understanding of what you make. At least in the last 20 years, there isn't being any kind of stability in terms of a proper civilian uh, rule in most parts of uh, Africa, even West Africa. Uh, are you worried as... Uh, Man, a man who has been in khaki, and you see some of your colleagues who are now taking over power, something that uh, a lot of people have condemned that, look, let civilian rule prevail, but now in Africa, it looks like a trend. Yeah, thank you, and uh, I must thank you once again for having this opportunity to be with you again after such a long time. <laughs> it is. Uh, Shell, you are asking me if I'm worried or disturbed about the current situation going on within the continent, especially within the sub-region of uh, West Africa. Of course, as a citizen, as a senior citizen of my country, Nigeria, I feel concerned about the situation there. I feel concerned that countries so near to us are beginning to show signs of uh, political instability. Okay, and um, uh, uh, most of these countries are French-speaking countries, Francophone countries, so to speak. And um, we know that um, one of the underlying issues has to do with the with the with the um, I would say anti-France sense which we have of late noticed or observed within these countries, even before the coups started. And where I traveled within the West African region, way back in my as an author, and my days in the university as a young student. And I get to understand how the citizens really feel. So seeing what is now in most of these countries, I am not too surprised. In fact, I'm still expecting more because some countries that I expect to be really affected have even not yet come. When I discuss with friends, I am watch out. More will be coming. Mm. We've not heard anything from Equatorial Guinea. We've not heard from Cameroon. We've not heard from Togo. I could go on and on. All these are countries with sit tight, uh, um, sit tight uh, 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 presidents. All these are countries with all sorts of minuses, which this take exception to. All right. I'm worried when you say that you see expecting more. That, that that's that is some kind of worry, isn't it? Because uh, at some point when some African leaders are saying this should be curtailed, I mean, we will get into the conversation on the sit tight. Uh, in this country, we've had uh, uh, the politicians talking about third term. Uh, not only in Nigeria have we heard it, we've heard it in some other parts of uh, Africa. Corruption in government, election process, which are always faulty, right? And uh, of course, the sick syndrome, which is always the high-handedness, 
weak institutions in most of these countries. You know, just like we see here where there are more powerful than our institutions. Uh, okay? Um, you, you could just go on. You could... Hmm. So, I'll go back to some of the reasons that are right of uh, why some of these uh, uh, military guys have uh, said they have uh, taken out these civilian rulers in some of these countries. For example, in Sudan, there are, I mean, so interesting that we have two army generals who are at loggerheads holding on to power and holding the, the destiny of that country uh, to ransom. We see what is happening in Mali, in Chad, in Niger Republic, and all what have you. Uh, if you look at some of the reasons, uh, electoral issues, in Mali, for example, uh, I mean, uh, 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 Gabon, for example, uh, an election is going to be finalized or totally called, then the incursion happens. So uh, you imagine what exactly is going on. I like to get some views uh, from Twitter spaces. I don't know uh, those who are on right now. But if Konestalabu um, uh, is still with us, what gives you the biggest fear? I mean, if you have the fear that the, the, we have not seen the last or we've not heard the last of all of these incursions in some part of the region, for Nigeria, are you worried at all? All right, I, I think we, for a moment we lost the Konestan Labo. But I'll allow a few people to come in into the conversation because uh, there are those who say, if there are reasons why these military guys did what they did in some part of Africa has become a trend, shouldn't Nigeria be learning some lessons from what is going on? And I was talking about some of the reasons why um, some of these guys give. Uh, I think this can, if this can go back to the full screen so that uh, those who are watching can be able to glean on what exactly uh, really are the issues that uh, the military guys uh, have uh, given for the incursion. Uh, some of these include electoral malpractice, uh, quality of living, um, corruption, low confidence in elections, uh, decline in confidence in the effectiveness of elections to remove leaders who are not favored by the voters. Um, you know, these are some of uh, the issues that, that has been raised. Let me see if we can bring in a few people into the conversation. Um, I think we have uh, Shah at Shadidi underscore designs. Uh, I don't know if uh, Kanasalambo is back with us. All right. Shadidi, you have the microphone on. Your mic is on. What are, you, what are your views on what is going on? my mic is on now yeah it's, it's, uh, it is my views about nigeria specifically and because and and i i think that nigeria is not just a lot on in terms of influences on african countries nigeria is you know former british colony so uh there's some similarities with ghana and nigeria in terms of uh how it's being dealt with with uh, these uh, anglophones, for lack of better words, they're much more uh, discreet about how they are controlling or how they're involving themselves in um, the economics of of the country. 
and particularly with corporations, right? There's a lot of uh, stuff that's going on that that I don't hear people talk. I don't hear people in Nigeria talking about it, but there are some people that know about it. Um, but again, um, uh, Dr. Chimbari Kwao used to be in the AU uh, was talking about Gabon, and she was saying that the uh, uh, France and the Western world will will support the opposition, whatever the opposition is in an election, they will support the opposition. This reminds me of the same thing, basically, that Russia was doing with the elections here. They were, you know, doing propaganda stuff here in the United States. This is what they do. They do stuff like that, right? So in Nigeria, you should be very concerned about uh, your elections and about your, your country in general. But I say that to say, look at where the money is going, where follow the money, because in a lot of cases, you can find out who's who, what's going on, what's what. I mean, there's more I can say about that with regards to not only elections, right, but as well, if you have a leader who's uh, taking care of the people, like Rwanda, right, so the people in Rwanda are not complaining about Paul Kagame because he's doing a good job. So whether you're intently, you're intently set up your constitution where one person is running the whole country or you have elections every so many years, at the end of the day, if the people feel like they're getting treated right and the economy's going good, they're not complaining. If you have a dictator and they're doing good, they're not complaining. But it's when the people begin to become aware of, wow, we've got all these resources and we're the poorest country in the world yet we're providing all this uranium to France and we're the poorest country. This is when they become, the people become politically aware, they start to, to take action, right? And this is the problem that we're having in Africa today is that we don't have the political awareness and we have all these resources. And according to the, uh, to the uh, what is that, the symposium on security that happened a couple of months ago in, in Kigali, uh, the AU did this symposium on security of Africa. And the outcome of this, and I'll land my point here, the outcome of the security uh, panel people that were speaking said that the security issues for Africa is from coming from the outside. Nobody's talking about that information when it comes to uh, these coups that are going on. All they're saying is, we need to get the stay out. We need to get the uh, democracy. We need to uphold democracy. And now with this uh, Bongo guy, it's like we need to get the stay stay in presidents out. Like, and it's like we're missing the point that the bigger problem is what's going on on the outside. Mm. I mean, uh, you wonder that uh, China, um, North Korea, communist state with. Um, uh, totalitarian uh, pr practice of uh, of governance uh, and uh, people are being held. I mean, United Nations will tell you that uh, the core values of, that they are preaching is democracy. Uh, and you see Saudi Arabia, uh, the United Arab Emirates, you can go on and on, Kuwait, Cuba, the countries who are not practicing um, uh the kind of democracy that the United Nations or whatever, our other Western countries say they recognize. But, but the question is, uh, we have leaders in, in, in this part of the world that are spent in, 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 in Africa, spent about 30 years in power. Those who have extended their stay. We've had an attempt in Nigeria too, uh, where they attempt to have a third term 
to be incorporated into our laws. Uh, there is a C-type syndrome in part of Africa. Basically, a question mark on the kind of leadership, on the kind of uh, constitutional democracy that we operate. Um, and these are some of the issues that are being raised. A lot of those who are now analyzing the issues are looking at it. So is this teaching us any lesson? Are we learning anything uh, that, uh, that could lead to breaking the democratic rule that we have or the peace that we have in this country? Um, uh, let, let me get another person to, to get into. Adebisi at Ibirogba 2000. Uh, your mic is on. Let's get your view on what is going on and perhaps what you might think is, uh, could be the fear for Nigerian democracy. Thank you so much, uh, Shemi, for the opportunity. Good afternoon, everyone from here. I hope we're all doing great. Um, so I've listened carefully, and to be honest, um, I would say for now, maybe Nigeria still, on the surface value, Nigeria still doesn't have anything to fear. We've tried the military. For those that are uh, around during the military era, we've tried it, and we've seen the, the side they, they come from you know, and all of that. Then also, uh, but I also agree that this is purely an anti-French sentiment. Most of those um, French uh, former colonies, they, they are being held down by long time detector, like the case of even Cameroon, uh, the current one that was removed, Gabon, and the list goes on and on and on, you know. so. They, they, that's that one. Then also, the people that have been there, they don't somehow tend to care. Also, you might also not want to blame some of those leaders because they, maybe they feel that they couldn't, they couldn't take some hard decision against France as a whole. You know, because um, at that at the point in time, France controls their, their economy, controls the resources on ground, has base in the case of Niger on ground. You can imagine how that's going to really be and from what i'm even hearing not yet confirmed but from sources all over the place so some other people are thinking that if nigeria or west let me say ECOWAS is not going after the junta in eg france might have to do what they need to do that from what we are getting and that might not be really good because especially if the if french is coming from the angle of not even going uh, face to face with niger the niger junta right now if they for example bring up one uh, coup or I mean one maybe a counter coup or something or even funding uh, all those kind of uh, uh, bandits and all of those kind of things so you don't want them to go that route also you know they have several options on the table which they they, they can take and you do so you also look at those previous leaders or current some of those city leaders that are afraid of France because they know their capabilities so some of those things are very difficult for African leaders. That's one. Two, talking about Rwanda. Rwanda, I will not, I will not lie to you. The Rwanda, the, you might not, you might say that the people like the Rwandese uh, government, but you can't say that uh, totally because in Rwanda, oppositions are not allowed free uh, to talk. You are not, you are not given free to, uh, environment to speak your mind. You, if you, if you see anything, the, the president Kigami said it on an international TV. I was shocked. If you say anything, he's going to jail you. So I don't, I don't know what kind of country you think that would be. If you want that to be, if you want to be operating or living in that kind of environment, you know. So 
Yes, you might say, okay, he's providing this. Is all of those things are his own personal views, not even allowing other people' uh, opinion to come into place. And since since two thousand years, that's pretty too long. That's pretty too long, you know. So that's that's one. But um, all over Africa, I really hope that. Africa will be able to come together and sit like leaders that have stayed for over 20 years and find a way to, so that they can be able to transit power to other people or, I mean, conduct an election and let other people sail. That's, that's one. And I think that should be my own point for today. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Um, I, I see that Conor um, Labo is back with us, but let me get one person more. Uh, Prince G at uh, P. Ofubu. Uh, can we can we can you can we get yeah. your view quickly? Yeah, thank thank you very much, Tashio. Um spread of military coup in Africa. Do politicians have anything to fear? Yes. The thing is this we should be looking at the pros and the coins of military rule and democracy rule in Africa. Now, they said absolute power corrupts absolutely. The military have the machineries. The weapons, they wield it. They are always ready to use the power, but being confined to the barracks. Now, in democracy, the politicians, when they have the power, that absolute power now corrupt them absolutely to the extent that they, they overgrown the constitution, that they no longer obey the rules of laws. They want to extend tenors. They want to stay longer. Then the question you should ask yourself, what does a military man do when they are in power? They also want to stay in power. They don't want to be confined to rules of, rule of law. They want to aggrown the rules, suspend the constitution. In democracy present in Africa, that is what the leaders are doing. They use the Senate and use whatever means to make sure or do whatever they can to extend the constitution and they don't obey the judges. They don't obey court orders. So indirectly, they are working side by side in same characters with the military. So them is a African democracy is a, is a silent military dictatorship, military rule in these guys. So Africans do not operate in pure democracy. And the way forward is for them to show transparently by making sure we have a credible elections that show the will of the ordinary citizens concerning who they want and who they want to vote for. And if that is put in place, okay. as time progresses, mm -hmm. the military will be left with no option than to be confined in the barracks. Thank you, mm -hmm. as I heal the mic. Thank you so much. Just give me a few, I, I see a few hands up on Twitter spaces. Let me bring back Conestal Labo. Uh, uh, Conor, give us an understanding of, you said, and that actually worries me, that, look, we may not have seen the last of this military coup in Africa, you are thinking that more could happen. My biggest fear is that are we severe in Nigeria? Let me allow a few more people to weigh in on this matter. Um, I think we have uh, INEC chairman, <laughs> not the INEC, -I but the I and the neck and the chairman. <laughs> Very interesting handle at yeah. Inyam Henry. Uh, hi, how are you? Please yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. 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 Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. I think this is a very strategic um, um, discussion. 
and um, great to be having quite a number of contributions there. But um, I, I think um, I'll be very straight to the point. Uh, what I need us to understand is that um, uh, we're in a very dire situation. Uh, it's not like a situation where we had a coup ravaging the whole of Africa in the early 60s. But now we are in a more terrible situation. And I'll tell us why. You see, after the 19, um, the, the coup that took in the 60s, specifically talking about Nigeria, quite a number of theories were propounded, a lot of scholars and all that. And I'll try to put whatever everybody has been discussing in just three um, strategic contexts. Number one out of it is the conspiracy theory. These are the, part of the reasons why military intervene in African politics. Number one there is the conspiracy theory. Number two is the contagious theory. We can see what is going on within the African environment. And number three is the domestic theory. So if I'm to bring it home in terms of the domestic theory, these ingredients must be present for the guys in the uniform to invade our political space. I am not an advocate for military in, in, in politics, but we need to be very frank with ourselves. For example, if you look at the situation in Nigeria in terms of the domestic theory, we have corruption ravaging the whole of Nigeria. We have high cost of living. We have over-invoicing in our procurement processes. We have nepotism seen all around. There is disregard for the rule of law. There is uneven distribution of resources in political appointment and what have you. So we, we need to take the research that is coming out from our university more seriously. You see, this discussion goes beyond uh, a, a military man coming to speak and all that. Well, I think we've gotten quite a number of people's views on how things are going on the African continent and the implication for Nigeria especially. And uh, our major speaker on this podcast today, unfortunately, internet is not allowing him to really speak with us. But look, the major conversation is that politicians need to be very... Uh, bothered about and be careful about the manner uh, in which they go about uh, governing Nigeria. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Alpha. We can go on the podcast. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. You've heard and you've seen uh, the views and some of the background to what we're seeing in Africa. Is Nigeria insulated? What can we learn? What do we understand that is going on? Can we afford any kind of incursion? What can the politicians do? Should they have any cause for worry? And this has been the focus of our conversation on this podcast today. Thank you so much indeed for everyone who are tuning. I'm Sean Kimali. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on this edition of Mike on Podcast with Shayono Kimbaloi.